Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Alright, welcome back to the Glee Man's Apprentice. I, of course, am your resident Glee Man, Twitch Avery. And I'm his apprentice, Mandy Cat. How are you doing today, Mandy? I'm okay. I'm getting very pregnant, guys. It's getting uncomfortable. Yeah. I got two months to go, for the record. That, that's... <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, crap. This is where it gets real, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I know Dylan had an easier time between six and eight months. Yeah. She and got I'm, past like that first trimester. I'm approaching and, eight months very within a couple yeah. of weeks. I'm almost there. So I had another ultrasound. All is well. All is healthy. Yeah. I invited awesome. my mom because Chris was working and he's been to enough. I was like, oh, don't don't take your sick leave. He doesn't have much. So I invited my mom and I could tell she was getting a little stuffed up. I'm like, oh, you get to meet your other grandchild. You know, just because awesome. I just take it in stride. I'm just like, oh, it's a little blurb on a screen and I don't know what's what. Until they tell me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, all is healthy. So I'm just physically feeling more discomfort. That's all. Well, yeah. you look great. Thanks. The pregnancy <laughs> looks good on you, so. How are you? Uh, so good. We went good. to a concert in the in the Minneapolis area this past weekend, and it was uh, me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah. Um, who are essentially just a... Like a punk cover band. Yep, I I remember them distinctly. And I I I didn't really know what to expect because I've never seen them and I've never really listened to them. I knew that they were mostly just a cover band, but I had no. They were hilarious. They came out and like, um, the lead singer had a a white three piece suit, but the the vest of his three piece suit was gold. Okay. And the other guys came out in white uh, slacks, nice. you know, white white dress pants, and. And then, like, the pure gold shirts. Aww. And they were just, they were so much fun. And it was, like, right from the get-go, it, it, they went they into it. And then in. Violent Femmes came on after them. Nice. They started out with uh, um, the, one of my favorite songs, Added Up. And they finished nice. it with one of my other favorite songs, Kiss Off. Aww. So it was just, like, I was worried because I know they're old. Like, they, they were making, they started making music when I was three. Yeah. And I'm 43. Okay. So... Oh. You you think that's yeah. that 
that's 40 years ago is when they very first started like making music or at least like when they first uh, produced their first album and um, so they've got to be in their 60s and oh my god they were amazing and then Flogging Molly which I know one album very intimately mm -hmm. but nothing else of theirs they came on and it was like the loudest biggest sound that I've ever experienced and I've been to a lot of concerts but they were just so like just everything about the, the their performance was just large lovely and uh, and everybody was so happy to be there there were no dicks like the 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 security guards the bartenders like everybody was just so happy which, to be back into like a normal situation yeah. of a concert right which venue were you at we were at the armory in minneapolis oh, okay. and it was beautiful nice. it was beautiful but that's been updated recently yeah yeah and like um both of their walls on either side of like the the dance floor was just basically a long bar yeah. and every cool. every like two feet was a register and every register was manned by a, a bartender yeah so you did not wait for drinks you just like they were moving us through it. so fucking fast That's so you fun. just like when like when i didn't know a song i'd run and grab drinks and by the time i got back there was another song that i knew you know what i mean oh, it was just it was just a brilliant concert and so much fun to explore minneapolis for the first time since i've been in minnesota yeah and uh, and yeah, it was just yeah. it was a great time. It's a great city. So yeah, um, with that out of the way, we're jumping into just one more one chapter today. And I lied. Two episodes ago, I said that next episode was going to be our fiftieth episode, Isn't and I today? had miscalculated. And luckily, we didn't say anything about it last week because we both forgot. But. Today is actually our 50th episode. Oh my episode. gosh, happy 50th so, anniversary. That's fun. I've got a Pabst Blue Ribbon to celebrate. I've got water. And Living of course, the dream. pregnant Mandy <laughs> has water. It's all good. Because we do not condone <sighs> pregnant drinking. No. The latest news was any drink is bad drink. Yeah. I, I don't, like, I'm not going to harp at people who have a drink here and there, but... Even my friend who has a drink here and there in her past pregnancies was like, well, when you don't know how your pregnancy... Because it's my first yeah, pregnancy, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm not going so, to do it. So Dylan's uh, OBGYN, she was like, a coffee drink here and there, a, a, a glass of like white wine yeah. here and there, not a big deal, but... Uh, um, yeah, and, I've and had funny friends, friends in the medical field, same thing. And yeah. it's just like when it's my first pregnancy. Yeah, I, better, I just feel like I better not risk it. Plus, you're getting to that age where you're considered, you know, a at a high, higher pregnancy. risk. I hate using the word geriatric. That's what they tell me. I know, but that's a horrible <laughs> way to. It is. I don't horrible. know. I, I don't. I don't agree with that. But, anyways, getting back to the actual story at hand. Um, For our 50th anniversary, what chapter are we on? We are doing uh -huh. chapter 53. Close enough. Yeah, it's close enough. We, we didn't quite line it up no. perfectly, but um, but this one is, is, this one's a fun chapter. Yeah, we, we're back to Paradog, right? Yes, and, and uh, once again, a lot, like, we're in that area of a, of a Robert Jordan book. Where yes. now shit just has to end because we're looking at like we're less than two hundred pages away, 
you know, yes. shit just need we we gotta wrap shit up. So he is wrapping shit up right now. Yes, the classic RJ. Uh, no more slow motion. We're going full speed. So with that, chapter fifty three: the price of a departure. Cat notes. Let's dive into it. Back to the two rivers. Parents' perspective. He's meeting with the village councilmen at the Wine Spring Inn. A little bit tuckered out from trying to reassure himself, really, that every man is weaponized in the Emmons Field. And yeah. he's trying to ignore the whispers of the women's circle nearby who are going over the village's dwindling inventory of supplies. Yeah. Including the fact women are already eating half rations so men can continue eating normally. So two rivers have been cut off. For, yeah. How long do you think they've been cut off from supplies? Oh, I mean, a lot of the farms are burned uh decimated <laughs> yeah. in the region um they Sorry. they don't really have a way to reach the two closest villages you've got um devon right to the south yep. and to the north you have um watch, watch hill watch hill and um and they don't they, they don't like normally they have a supply of farms right between each village and right now all of the outlying farmers have gone to one or the other village, like closest village. Okay. So they don't have any communication between each other. So yeah, no, they, they're they fending for themselves. They're dealing with their stores. Still no they're, wolves for instant wolf messaging either. Th- they've brought in the white cloaks. They've yeah. brought in the tinkers. You know what I mean? Like, That's like true. They, they've brought in more people and they're not able to produce more food. So oh, they're dealing yeah. with what they have in their stores to feed all these new people. And you brush through it really fast, but <clears throat> basically these first like three or four pages is just Perrin trying to focus yeah. on leading and keeps yep. he keeps getting sidetracked by his thoughts of why are why are these like men following me? Why are they like worrying about wasting my time? Why you know what I mean? They should be telling me to get out of here and allow yep. the council and the mayor to deal with shit, right? Yeah. He's having this come to moment of, but it is me that's leading. It's this back and forth, back and forth. He's trying to figure out how to be a leader. He's trying to 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 wrestle with the fact that he is a uh, leader, right? He's Absolutely. not quite comfortable with it. And that's gonna keep happening. I I probably keep skimming over a lot of that too, but it does keep happening. Um, at one point, Bran suggests Perrin go get some sleep, and then of course they're interrupted. This little lad, Daniel Lewis, Lewin, Lewin, Daniel comes Lewin. in. Yep. White Cloaks have this guy. He's really hurt. He's only going to talk to Perrin Golden Eyes, right? So Perrin, of course, gets up, goes. Aram, good old tinker boy who yep. hated Perrin once upon a time, is now at his side at all times. We get the snippet. Aram's grandparents, um, Rain and Isla, have not spoken to him since he took the sword, which I put in there because remember Rance's memories. This is yep. exactly history repeating itself. Yep. Anywho, so Perrin leaves. Um, also there's, there's all these, we don't even get to this hurt man because the readers first have to learn, uh, the lads basically call themselves the companions now. So yeah. their parents companions, like yep. his guard, right? And they got that from a story from the Tam told them. <laughs> Good job, Tam. Yeah. Oh, he, he did it on purpose. We, yeah. we covered, we talked about that a yeah. couple episodes ago. Yep. And they move where parent moves. So instead of the lads, they're now the companions. Okay. Um, they seem more or less to accepted. Let's see. He's accepting them more or less since the white cloaks moved into the village green to make camp. Because it seems like a good idea to have more people around yes. there with Bornhold and Byer that close. Yes. And the white cloaks are not... They're, they're, they're sticking on the village green. Yeah. That's where they're camping. Yep. 
And um, that's all we really know too. It's it's just kind of a tense situation. It seems like that's that's what I gather at least. Yeah. So Fail also joins along with ten of the companions to greet the white cloaks and see this hurt fella. And that's when Perrin sees a farmer. No one really knows who this farmer is. Unfortunately, the farmer is also pierced through with a trollic arrow. Yep. And requesting only Perrin Golden Eyes. Perrin Golden Eyes must get through to Perrin Golden Eyes. Of course, Perrin's worried about him. He's like, has someone sent for a nice eye? And he knows yeah. that nice Sedai is not going to do anything. This guy's nope. dying. He, he, he gets he it. He even knows. So. He's like, this guy might be too blind with death to see me. Well, and, and, and that's, that's what the guy says. Basically, he says, I cannot see very well. Are you Perrin Goldeneyes? And Perrin wincingly says, I am Perrin Goldeneyes. Okay. And he says, we are coming. We, I was sent for you. to tell you. We are... Yeah. That's exactly what he said. And he dies. And it's just like, well, that's good news. Okay, (laughs) so does this mean the Trollocs are coming and sent a messenger? Like the... Well, that's Like in the Mulan? No, it happened in Mulan. Okay, I... Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember Mulan. The Hun only allowed one person to go back to deliver Mm. the message they were coming. Just saying... Anywho, Perrin demands more data from the White Cloaks and has a staring contest with that Scarecrow, Jarrett Byar. Feels the hatred from Bornhold. That's another common theme. Anytime yep. with the White Cloaks, Byar exactly and Bornhold especially, they hate Perrin with yeah, a passion. It's emphasized every scene in this book where they're together. Um, but basically, White Cloaks shares shit, but Dan all shares. Um, the farmer was a few miles south. <laughs> That's all we get. That's yeah. literally all we get. So, uh, who do you think the farmer is? I don't know. No, Perrin, Perrin thinks it's probably a farmer from like an outlying... Uh, like a farm. Farm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely not... I didn't overthink it. As far as I knew, he was trying to tell him the Trollocs were coming when I first read it because I was influenced by Mulan. Hello. <laughs> okay. Mulan. All right, next up. Alad brings news of movement in the forest on the other end of town. So Perrin is requested um, by Thomas. He goes over and, well, Thomas the warder. Yes, yes, he's very warder. pretty much like, without saying it, I know you got really good night sight. So, so yes. Thomas actually does ask for help. Yes. That's kind of cool. Yes. No, so, yeah, exactly. So the, the leaders of the village are deferring to Perrin, which is making him uncomfortable. And then you've got these Aes Sedai and warders, legendary, like, sorceresses and warriors deferring to him as well. And he's just like, God damn it, what have I got myself into? Yep. So, yeah. And the good thing, though, is everyone really does know about his eyesight already, but they just assume it's, just leadership magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing it, it, strange or abnormal. You're just a leader, so you have good it, eyesight. Duh. It, essentially, it's one more reason to worship him and follow yes. him, and protect him. So Perrin uses his magical eyesight, peers into the woods to see a giant lumbering shape holding something, but then just yells, "Don't shoot!" And he greets our buddies, Loyal yeah, yeah, and Gaul. Yeah. And then he starts shouting. Then he starts shouting. Come on, Loyal! You can do it! You can do it, Loyal! 
We won't shoot. It's funny. They're all cheering and, and, on, and right? the, Yeah, once the two rivers realize that it's loyal and not a Trolloc, they're all just like, come on, Ogier, run, run. And yeah. he does. He, he, he runs... Past the finish line yep. into the town. Gets gets past the, the stakes that they've set up. Yeah. And Loyal's just carrying Gaul, who has a leg wound. He's not, like, on death's door or anything. No, he just couldn't run as fast as And he, there was even a cute part where Gaul's like, Loyal insisted he could run faster than me. And he could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yep. I think that was before the leg wound, just saying. Yeah. Like, Loyal, it's just funny because that's a carryover from, is it book one, where he's like, I like running too. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, whatever, you big oaf. Yeah, exactly. He's good. Okay, so each are missing some weapons. Loyal reassures Perrin, no, I I blocked the way gate. Now only elders or Aes Sedai can reopen it, so no big deal. But there was just a night runner, about 50 Trollocs chasing us for three days. Um, But here's where Loyal outran them because he can run. Yes, he can. Then Loyal like guesses, I think there's thousands and thousands of Trollocs in the woods. Um, and then Lord Luke conveniently rides this by yep. at this moment and says, Ha ha, less than a thousand, I assure you. Throwing a bag of heads to Perrin, who automatically doesn't even touch them. He just throws them He catches it and throws I imagine it like almost like a... Like a baseball, like you, catch. You, yeah, you catch it and you spin and you it. throw it. Like a hot potato. And he just throws it uh, over the stakes and just yep. like... And he does, he's more than aware there's plenty of heads in this bag, but I'm done with Lord Luke's shit, right? He's just like, F you. I'm not looking and praising your Arrogant heads. piece of shit. And I think he's... Well, well first, Gaul, is, Gaul says, bullshit. I know of fighting and I say several thousand trollocs. Exactly, because Lord Luke first insults uh, Loyal by saying, I'm sure you're really good at... Singing to trees, Ogier, but you yeah. do not know war. And Gaul's like, I do, and I'm saying there are several thousands, you fucking prick. Yeah, and the Perrin, this is where I'm just like, and Perrin's going to believe either Loyal or Gaul, but clearly both of them when they're both saying it. Oh, yeah. Um, but L- Lord Luke mouths off about having spent some time in the waste. You know, he gets to be a prick himself. And that's why I'm like, yeah. you are Lance's cousin. Wink, wink, jab, jab. Oh. Because so his cousin got lost in the waste, right? Yes. With his well, Lance's no, Lance cousin Lance cousin. I get a few of them confused. Lance's but... cousin got lost in the waste. And, and Tigraine's. Tigraine's brother. Brother. Oh, Luke. That's right. Also oh. got lost Luke, in the waste. L-U-C? Luke. Uh, Mantiari, yes. He, oh. he, Luke and Isom are both talked about in the dark prophecy that we saw in book two in okay. Faldara, remember? Right. It was written in blood. So you're saying when, this could be either Luke or it really could be Isom? Because I'm still... Well, I mean... He the, looks like Lan. Okay, And no so, one so said Tigraine looked like Lan. Luke Tigraine doesn't look like, like Lan. Luke doesn't look like, like oh, Lan. Oh, Slayer looks like Slayer looks like oh. Lan. Luke oh, has oh, Andoran oh. coloring. Gold hair. He oh, could be more gosh. more closely related so to Rand or, or Elaine. Rand's uncle. This could be... You. Doesn't this get creepier This could go? be... Yeah, this could be Luke Mantiar, okay. who if Ty Grain Mantiar, we, we kind of figured, right, that she was Shail. Yeah, and yeah. she was she's Rand's, Rand's mother, Rand. so this might be. Which I immediately Rand's get worried. Uncle. Is Rand related to Elaine? But I don't think so. So we're good. No, okay. it's this. It's this all. Not marriage. that they were. It's, it's 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 yeah. It's there's a separation <laughs> okay. of marriage. 
All right, so Luke, huh? Waste, huh? You're sounding awfully suspicious like someone we know about. <laughs> All right, Fayel demands Perrin time to get to bed, right? It is sleep time. And then Perrin does agree after Thomas says, sleep is an actual necessity. Yep. You gotta <laughs> keep your wits with you. But what he doesn't say is he's gonna go straight to wolf dreams. Yeah, of course. Do you? I get really anxious, probably because I prioritize sleep. Do they rest when they're in wolf dreams, or do you think it's like being awake and having more awake time? I get like. So we've gotten a little bit from uh, like, and, and I'm not saying that what Egwene's doing in her dreams is similar to what Perrin's doing, but we do get a little bit from uh, Egwene in this book that you you do sacrifice the like. Like rest, the restfulness of sleep uh, when you're in, which makes sense because you have to keep your consciousness, yeah, like your body rests, but your consciousness is still going full force. Interesting, so. all right, okay. He goes right to Wolfie Dreams. So, first, there's that window into a possible future. Did you want to read some of this? Yes, yes. Uh, as he scanned for the birds, the passage sky darkened, became a window to somewhere else. Egwene stood among a crowd of women, fear in her eyes. Slowly, the women knelt around her. Nynaeve was one of them, and he believed he saw Elaine's red-gold hair. That window faded and was replaced. Matt stood naked and bound, snarling. An odd spear with a black shaft had been thrust across his back behind his elbows and a silver medallion of foxhead hung on his chest. Matt vanished, and it was Rand. At least, Perrin thought it was Rand. He wore rags and a rough cloak, and a bandage covered his eyes. The third window disappeared. The sky was only sky, empty except for the clouds. Nice. All right. I always think these are true. Whatever well, it is about Teleron Riyadh and these... To me, is it, has it only been Perrin who sees these windows? Perrin's the only one that has seen these like visions in the sky so far. And to me, they always seem like, yeah, that's probably going to happen. So let's talk about them. Okay. Egwene standing among a crowd of women, fear in her eyes, the women kneeling around her, including Nynaeve, and he believes Elaine. What do you think that means? She's going to become the Grand Duchess of Aes Sedai. The Amelin seat? The Amelin seat. <laughs> the Grand Duchess of Aes Sedai. All right. That might be the episode title. Okay. Um, that That's 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 clear. You. That's what I would figure. It, it, it would make sense, right? And, and it ties in, because even, even those Tarangrel where we know it's probably not all real, that has come up a couple times for her. When she went through the accepted test, yeah. she was the Amberlynn, right? Yeah, yep. so yep. it seems likely. Yep, so that that, that very much, yes, she that very powerful. much makes sense. Okay, so Matt, naked and bound, snarling, with an odd spear, with a black shaft uh, thrust across his back behind his elbows. Of course yeah, we know what the silver medallion really of course we know believe. what this uh silver medallion is. We yeah. we we know he has that. It's just a question of who's doing it to him, but I'm like, yeah, this I for Matt this is super believable. Got himself into a pinch. Let's hope Tom comes and saves him. This could be with the Princess of the Nine Moons, you know what I mean? This could be sexual. Hey. It could be, be a Bobby's thing. It. Hey, kink is you know, everybody's kink is different. Yes. Don't yuck someone's yum. Right. <laughs> that's the episode title. So, right Matt, there. I I can just, yes, that's obviously, to me that one's not even hard to believe. I'm like, yes, he's going to screw up, 
get himself in a pinch or he'll blame Rand for getting him into a pinch. Of course. And then he's going to do that. But don't worry, Matt will always get out of it. I mean, he is the luckiest motherfucker in the world, right? Yeah. And I wonder if this is going to do with that Princess of the Nine Moons, maybe. Okay. Okay. Future it out a little bit. All right. And the final one. Rand wearing rags and a rough cloak with a bandage covering his eyes. I worry about Rand, but like he's kind of been involved in a few things too. And Gwyn's Teleron Riyadh, whatever, not yeah. accepted stuff, Tarangrel stuff. So it seems like it seems likely he'll be on the run again and have to disguise himself. And we've seen, right? We've seen him in the wreckage of the White Tower. Not that that was a for sure thing, but it seems like he's gonna be involved again in mayhem well he probably is right now too it, 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 rand's got a rough path, path. yes it's not uh-huh. it is not like the stories right he's not just a prince charming he's no no he's he, he's go he is going through some shit there's a line in uh the walking dead <laughs> where one character says about the main character okay. he has uh swam in a river of shit and can knows every fine detail about every fine particle of said shit. Like, that's what Rand is kind of destined to do. He's going to be, you yeah. know, he's going to be in a river of shit for a while, and I his, think. He's going crazy because of the taint of the same. It sucks. Yeah. It's just a sweet farm kid. Oh, okay. okay. That's my thoughts. So anyway, the window is shut, and then Perrin just has this moment. He's like, why is the hammer at my side? And he forces the image of his axe and yep. actually holding arrows. Yep, and, so he, and he, he has, has to, to force it. it. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. I don't have thoughts on why yet. Well, I mean, we've, <laughs> we've, we, we know that, I mean, he's a blacksmith, right? Right. So maybe his subconscious wants that life and he is back and he's needing for his purpose at hand he's needing the violent life of the ex i I think they represent two halves of his whole wolf yes perin does these giant jumps per usual around the countryside because he's he's scouting he's like how many freaking trollocs are there now he can't see trollocs but yet he can judge based on the campsites he sees and giant cook pots and fires isn't that nuts because there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's scouting and he's he's he, he's seeing over, what did he say, like 500 um, cook pots that he sees? He, yeah, so he basically, he guesstimated as many as 10,000 Trollocs. Yeah. And that's a big fuck you to Lord Blue. Anywhere between 5,000 and 10,000. And yeah. really, once you get to that 5,000 number, it doesn't really matter. Because they're not going to hold out. Right. You know. And this emphasizes too, why is Lord Luke trying to put them at ease when... Loyal was underestimating, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Which was easy. They only went one direction, so you should have doubled whatever they said. Okay. Exactly, because he drum- he jumps, like he starts he in Emmons Emma- yeah. Field, uh, but he goes down to Devon Ride, goes up to Wash Hill, goes, you know what yeah. I mean? And then he yeah. actually makes it to Terran Ferry. And Terran Ferry is actually not in that bad of shape. It looks like it's been abandoned. Yep, but he does observe the ferry itself. The ferry is still intact. Just yeah. like, okay. So, so then he's like, well, maybe we if, if get... enough Terran ferry men got out of here, they can get up to Barillon, which, yeah, it's about 100 miles, but they can yeah. get up there, and, and who knows? Maybe there might be enough soldiers in Barillon because K. Imlin does 
Yeah. Still get taxes from. There's from also Maryland. like this melancholy moment. His explorations lead to the destroyed Tuathan camp, and Perrin yeah. is just like, "Man, I wish the way of the leaf had a chance." Yeah. Like He sincerely wants he, them to have it. But he has a very strong sense of duty mm-hmm. towards the the Tuathan. He there's the way that he was received the first time when he was with Egwene and Elias, and yeah. then the way that he was received the second time when he was injured and he was healed by... Of course, they were the same people and they knew him, but still, just the kindness. He yeah. just... He feels very protective of them. And and in a lot of ways, that's why he's allowing Aram to just kind of adopt him as his father because he, he, he doesn't want that responsibility, but he knows that he's going to need to protect Aram. Now that yeah. now that Aram has forsaken the way of the leaf and has chosen the yeah. way of the sword, he feels a strong he he feels a very strong sense of duty towards the Tuathwan. All right, so cool. Perrin, I don't remember which site he's at. He might actually be still at. Uh, he's he, so Ferry? so he's right now. He's on the other side of the Terran. Yeah. Um, and, and he he leans down to, to pick, pick up, up a doll, a little dolly that was dropped. And an arrow pierces through where his heart had just been standing. Damn. You fucking slayer. <laughs> right? Um, so Perrin jumps into action and he just jumps into the trees and waits, changing tactics because he's like, if I start jumping tree to tree, he can still see a blur of me. So I'm going to, I'm just going to sit and wait. So fuck you. I've been playing your game long enough. You're going to play my goddamn game now, you be- yeah. piece of son of a. Whatever. Yeah, we don't know what you're a son of. We don't know what you are. Other than Lan's cousin. Oh. Um, and it pretty much works. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Karen is up in the trees, sees the slayer He's sniffing just staying around. There still. And instead of... He sees the head pop up, and then back down. He sh- shoots And then arrow. he sees him pop up again, and that's when... Arrow shot, but it, only into his side. Well, no, yeah. it hits his chest, but oh, his not chest. his heart. Yeah. Doesn't seem a kill shot, yet Perrin is hopeful it'll take care of him. But... Because Slayer seems to fade out of Teleron. Kind of disintegrates, right? And, and, and Perrin just doesn't know. He's like, well, maybe this is, this is how you die in Teleron. This is the now, way death looks. We've until... seen the wise ones half-faded when they're half-awake, right? So to us, well, it's yes. almost like he woke up. Well, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, they were shimmering when they were... Yeah. They, they, they were kind of like sleeping while still conscious... Yep. Of the real world. And we've seen it with one of the Black Aja, too. Just kind of ghost-like. Yeah, but that was just more of the like weak-ass triangle yeah. they were using. So anyway, um, Perrin just has this, like, well, I hope the world is safer for my wolfy friends now. Exactly. <laughs> and then he wakes up. Yep. Okay. Yep. So he's awake now. He goes downstairs, only for a well, lad. Okay. Oh, you want to read about Fayil? No, I was just going to say he wakes up, and while he's still in his room, he hears commotion downstairs. And so he opens up the window and hollers down, What is going down? What's going on down there, Ban? Um, And and Ban shouts back up. uh, Ban Alcine shouts back up. It was Lord Luke, Lord Perrin. He nearly rode down Will and Tell. I don't think he even saw them. He was all hunched over in his saddle like he was hurt and spurring that stallion for all he was worth, Lord Perrin. And Perrin thinks about it and he's like, fuck. 
Good Lord, Luke B. Slayer. Luke and Slayer, they don't look alike. They don't smell the same, but, but they, they both have an ooh, inhuman smell. Yeah. They, and so he calls back down, Ban, if Luke shows up again, he's to be put under guard and kept there. And don't call me Lord Perrin. <laughs> when I'm all like, Perrin, way to grow balls, and finally get Lord Luke in jail, you had a gut instinct. Yeah. So, But this is where I get confused, because it does seem like Lord Luke is Slayer, if Slayer got hurt, and we're assuming Lord Luke was hurt, um, that's why. Yeah. But you have a good point. Luke's name is awful close to Tigrane's brother's Luke's name. Well, yeah. And Slayer clearly looks like um, Lan's cousin. Because he looks like Lan is why I keep saying that. Yeah. So then we're going on to, is this one of those, someone is, they're working together, basically, and we won't go into but this. If, but if they're working together and one gets hurt. The other one gets hurt. Is what we just discovered. So, so they like must be very intimately yeah, like working together. Possession or, you know, like, like one this soul, Mordith, two bodies type thing? Yeah, or this Mordith thing and I don't know. I don't know the whole I mean, you way can, of the Wheel of Time. But you, you, you can't assume that you can change your appearance. I mean, we know the Nynaeve has uh, changed her yeah. appearance to uh, Rendra in the yep, dream. So know we that. know that you can change your appearance in the dream world yep. and if this dream world is the same as as Egwene and Nynaeve telling a Riyadh we'd assume the same then uh sure Luke can change his appearance and make himself look mm -hmm. like someone else while he's in the dream world and we do know what happens in the dream it, it stays it with you remember uh Varen yeah. Scar does not stay in the dream <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so that's interesting. Okay. And uh, too much going on there. Like, is Lord Luke pretending to be Lan's cousin? I don't know about that. All right, so okay. moving on, Perrin then goes downstairs and Fayil is all like, hey, yeah, Lord Luke almost bowled over Days Conger in the kitchen when he was running out. And so Perrin is, well, did he look injured? And Fayil does say, yeah, he was awfully hunched over and... Yeah, he looked hurt. It feels kind of weird around Lord Luke, I always think. But maybe that's just because she thought he'd be impressed with her. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, Perrin, Perrin's on to this. So Perrin speaks with Fael about an important errand for her to run in order to get the news to Camelin out of um, that they are desperate in need of help. Reassuring her, oh, the Trollocs will have no plan to attack anytime soon. Well, he tells her. This loyal, is so important. Loyal and Gaul are incorrect. Luke was right. There's less than a thousand. You liar. Remember the dream? And, you know, he, he told... He's already told Fael. Yeah. What happens? Like, like he, he his connection with the wolf, yep. his, his ability to go into the wolf dream. He's like, the dream. You know, I mm -hmm. this is what I dreamt. So, Luke's right. We can hold out for a while. But not forever. We need help. Eventually. So, even yeah. if it takes you two months... It can, the queen can help us. And you're the best to send. She is, right? Yeah. She's the best to send. Because she is the cousin of a queen. She knows diplomacy. She knows yeah. the court. And she can protect herself. And, and yes, and um, she's a badass, yes. And also in the middle of this, typical parent Fayil stuff. She's not being too sassy, though. But Loyal catches wind and he's like, oh, Fayil. Will you carry my notes for me? They make fine books in Camelin. <laughs> it's just, it's cute. Well, yeah, but I mean, Loyal's, Loyal's pretty, 
He's he's pretty sure that he's gonna die. Yeah, which is sad. And he but, wants his book published. And he also has this moment of Fael being a name to suit her. And as a falcon, you should fly free. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it's mm. very sweet. Mm. Loyal is very sweet. My parents all like, don't <clears throat> mess up my plans, Loyal. <laughs> exactly. But she doesn't argue. Instead, she just demands, well, then you gotta marry me before you go. Literally. This literally just happens like that. And, and he's like, I, I wish I could. And she's like, you know, I've been talking to the the women who who make these decisions. And I've already they're okay. It. We they're already okay have with us. The flowers arranged. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we have the, the guest list. The whole, uh, whole being betrothed for a year, that's just to make sure that we get along okay. And we've been traveling together. They can <laughs> Anybody can tell that we're perfect for oh, each other. <laughs> so, anywho, um, yeah, they do it. There's they get married. They get married. Uh, it's very sweet. I kind of skimmed this part over. Fail is, yeah, totally cool with it. Perrin did attempt to argue a bit. Then he kisses her, and he officially asks her to marry mm, him. Yep. And she makes him repeat it three times in that dysfunctional communication system they have. Yeah. She does agree. Very gleeful. And, so. and then he says, I. Heron Ibarra, do pledge you my love, Fael Bashir, for as long as I live. And then in his mind, for as long as I live and after. What I possess in this world, I give to you. A horse, an axe, a bow, a hammer, not much to gift a bride. I give you life, my love, it's all I have. I will keep and hold you, succor and tend you, protect and shelter you for all the days of my life. I can't keep you. The only way I can protect you is to send you away. I am yours always and forever. Okay, before we go on, I just want to say, what the fuck? Like, why is sucker in there? That just seems weird. Where is it? I will keep and hold you. Succor? Sucker and tend you. Does that mean, um, I'd have to look up the definition. I mean, I've always thought of sucker as like, what you do with your baby against your breast. Uh, you know, it like, would be intimate, but I don't think... No. And I, we don't have to spend a lot of time no, with it. It's just, it's, it. it's just weird. It's, that, that, well, that's not, the, that's not the first time I've ever heard, like... Sucor. Oh, sucker. S-U-C-C-O-R. Sucker. 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 Assistance and support in times of hardship. Okay, okay, okay. Give assistance or aid to... So technically, that's not what a mom does to her baby. <laughs> Just okay. kidding. Nope. Well, I mean, <laughs> those were the top two, according to Oxford. Okay. So if cool. You find Oxford reliable. Yeah, I mean they're they're they seem to be smart people, right? They're okay. Stuck up. Jk. Assholes. No, I'm right. just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. If any listeners went to Oxford, I do not think you're an asshole. Man, I'm I wish I saying. would go to Oxford, but I'm I, definitely not smart enough to go to Oxford. I'll try to get a kid to study abroad. Yeah, I'm making I'm, plans for I'm, this unborn baby. Great. Oh, I, I've been planning my. I'm. I've been planning on my kids being so much more successful than me their whole lives. And oh. they know it. I put the pressure on them. I'm like, you have to be better than me. <laughs> um, but All you right. didn't finish it. Say how, uh, Fael says so, her words. Hey. So Fael, oh, uh, so Fael, I Zareen Bashir, which was a surprise because she hated that name. Do pledge you, my love, Paranaibara, 
Her hands never trembled at all. Ah, she went by Zareen, her legal name. It was very sweet. And we did we did kind of uh, skip over the fact that... Um, his best men? His best men were... Aram and Loyal. Which is lame, because we know it would have been Gaul, but it Gaul have been Gaul. off an injury. It should have been Gaul, but not But it's Aram. also another nod to Aram is going to have a bigger place in the yes. story than any of us ever wanted, but he's probably going to change for the but better. There, well, hopefully. Hopefully. Better. And Fael's maid of honors, or or Bain and yeah. Chiad, ladies in waiting. Bane and Chiad, who are which is like, funny because I still associate like, them more with like Nynaeve and Egwene and Elaine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Came because yeah. Elaine told them to, but it's all good. So that's the end of the that's chapter. It. Perrin that's got it. Married. We did it. We did it. Perrin got married, <gasps> and uh, no one died. In the, well, one guy died. That one dude. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, the messenger. Like, the farmer like, from the dell. Pour one out for the messenger. All right. All right. I don't think there's much more to comment. Like, it just... The Lord Luke Slayer thing definitely confuses me. Because I still... I mean, Slayer is described to a T, like I, Sam. But then you pointed out Luke is described as Tigraine's long-lost yeah. brother. Well, like... like yeah. I clearly forgot his name. I knew... Even now, I'm just like, is it really Luke? I, there's so many names. There's so many expositions. There's so many like backstories that you have to pay attention to. It's, it's easy to forget. That's why rereads are a thing. So, anywho, that, that's a big mystery, but I know it'll get unfolded sometime. So, there you go. Okay. All right. Should All we right. do it? Fuck my Let's kill? do it. Yeah. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? I'm ready. I, so am I. So, either one. I'm not ready. You go. You're not ready? No. Are you changing your mind? Or? No, I actually wasn't ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, well, I, I I have two choices for each one because I wasn't sure who you would choose. Oh, go ahead. Um, but I will, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna fuck loyal, because okay. motherfucking badass, yep. like saving Gaul, closing the way gate, running the whole way while carrying Gaul, like just fucking badass old gear. Love him. I am marrying Perrin. He's doing his best to be a leader and he's doing a good job and even when he like is showing signs of wariness the leaders of the village like the previous leaders of the village are respecting him because he's not willing to stop right like yeah. like like they see the dedication and so he's just gaining respect and he's he's just killing it um I have three choices for a kill. You so, won't get mine, so take your... Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not... You're no. not... Okay. Okay. So I will go ahead. I'm, I'm killing Luke because he's just a pretentious piece of prick. And I know this isn't the first time I've killed him, but I... He deserves to be killed every time. It probably won't be the last time either. He's a pretentious yeah. no, prick. No, that's a great call. So, okay. Uh, so I was... I was just like, I got I got a fuck all just... He wasn't much in this chapter, but I loved how he was just so matter-of-fact, like... Loyal said he could run faster, and he did. Yep, he was my second choice. Like, he's just so matter-of-fact. Love him. Yes. Mary, I had to be creative. Let's give it to Daniel Lewin, who is not going to let Scare Bear Perrin scare him off. And just yeah. innocently, I mean, it's kind of an awkward choice. He's a little kid, but I'm going to assume... He's not. He's, he strikes he, me as a little kid. So, so here's the thing. Most of the guys that we are talking about in the two rivers most yeah. of the men of the two rivers who are like parents companions yeah are around, around his age yeah 
they some of them are older. Some of them are not much younger. Yeah. They're all right in that like 18 to 23 year old range, okay. I'm assuming. So and that was mostly So Daniel's not really a young kid. He he keeps doing stuff and he strikes me probably more like this probably isn't anyway, like big scary golden eyes and he just keeps persevering. No, no, he's 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 yeah. he's uh adapting just yeah. like all of them are. They're adapting to a new way of life where this guy that used to be their their, you know, friend, yeah. their peer is now their leader and they're accepting it and they're and, but they're trying to figure out how to do it. I mean, Kill is the Trolloc who struck Gaul's leg, giving him the leg wound. That's why. Yeah. Could have been a murder all, but I'm... Either way, die. You, you hurt Gaul, you die, bitch. That's how I feel. So, with that, everyone, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glee Man's Apprentice. The Glee Man's Apprentice is available on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast. Breaker, and Radio Public. Our theme song is written by Twitch Avery and performed by Andrew Bard of Time.